850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. This is the Midday Moments program. I'm Gary Duncan. It's so good to be with you today. It's time now for our moment of faith with Pastor Doug Nicely of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary. Good to talk to you today. May God bless all of us as we come upon Pro-Life Sunday, a very important Sunday to remember. Right. Uh, about uh, the importance and significance of remembering uh, children who are unborn and um, have a compassion and understanding for mothers who have troubled pregnancies. Yeah. What would you like to discuss today? Well, we're going to talk about um, uh, the gospel reading for this this next week. Uh, for the next several weeks, uh, in our Sunday gospel readings, we're hearing about the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And um, uh, it's kind of interesting that each of the four gospels in the New Testament has a different way of introducing Jesus' public ministry in different contexts. Like last Sunday, for instance, we read from St. John's Gospel, about when Jesus met Andrew and John, the disciples of John the Baptist. And the disciples asked Jesus, Whereby, where are you staying? And Jesus answered them, Come and you will see. This Sunday's reading from St. Matthew's Gospel tells us what happened after John the Baptist was arrested uh, and Jesus went to Galilee. Then St. Matthew tells us why Jesus did this. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And interestingly enough, in that verse, verse 17, Matthew chapter 4, we have the first words recorded from Jesus' lips in Matthew's gospel. There will be more, of course, in the coming weeks, but that gives us the context. You get the impression from what's said here, uh, not only in the words of the prophet Isaiah, but also in uh, St. Matthew's uh, quoting these verses, is that Galilee wasn't exactly Jerusalem nor was Capernaum a prosperous location, as you would expect for some sort of great leader. The prophet Isaiah pictures those living in Galilee as the place where people dwelt in darkness. And I can't help but make connections to the dangerous neighborhoods I knew in the three large cities in which I lived. It's kind of interesting, because they're in different places. In Chicago, uh, the dangerous place to live was on the south side. In St. Louis, the dangerous place to live is the north side. In Milwaukee, it was just a little bit west of downtown in the neighborhood where I went to college called Concordia College. Uh, since then, they've moved to uh, uh, Lake Michigan and way north of Milwaukee. That's my connection about those people living in darkness. But there are you know, other references that are made back and forth also. There's an 18th century hymn that takes the words of the prophet Isaiah and the evangelist Matthew and turns them into to a song. It goes like this. The people that in darkness that all glorious light have seen, the light has shined on them too long, the shades of death have been, in shades of death have been. Part of the problem with ancient Israel isn't all that alien to our ways of thinking today. 
N.T. Wright gives us some historic perspective. Jesus grew up in the shadow of kingdom movements. The Romans had conquered his homeland about 60 years before he was born. They were the last of a long line of pagan nations to do so. They had installed Herod the Great and then his sons after him as puppet monarchs to do their dirty work for them. Most Jews resented both parts of this arrangement and longed for a chance to revolt. But they weren't just eager for freedom in the way that most subject peoples are. They wanted it to become what they believed about God themselves, the world, and all of everything around them. If there was one God who had made the world, and uh, if they were his special people, then it couldn't be that God would have pagan rulers ruling over them. What's more, God had made promises in their scriptures that one day he would rescue them and put everything right. But these promises focused on one in particular, God would become king. King not only of Israel, but of the whole world. A king would bring justice and peace at last, uh, who would turn the upside-down world uh, to the right way up again. Uh, There should be no king but God. The revolutionaries believed God's kingdom, uh, the kingdom of heaven, was what they longed for and worked for and were prepared to die for. The problem with that ancient Jewish believers is that they were convinced that this kingdom would come by fighting wars in the same way that the Romans had fought against them. Uh, This hymn lyric, by the pen of John Morrison, uh, takes us back into the manger and stable to see how light shines in our darkness, and even the darkness of those people who were living in the first century uh, and looking for uh, the king to come and conquer the world. The king came and conquered the world in this fashion. To us a child of hope is born, to us a son is given, and on his shoulder ever rests all power in earth and heaven, all power in earth and heaven. And he right brings the message to our playing field when he comments, the message is just as urgent today if not more so for us, who live on this side of Calvary and Easter. Matthew would say to us that the kingdom which Jesus established through his own work, his death and his resurrection, now faces us with the same challenge. Are we working to extend God's kingdom in the world, or are we standing in the way? Interesting question. Yeah. Uh, And here's verse 4 of the hymn. His name shall be the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Lord, the Wonderful, the Counselor, the God by all adored, the God by all adored. There will be some more that we'll talk about this next week, and I'll give you the idea after we get finished with our prayer about where uh, this Um, writing in St. Matthew's Gospel is leading us as to the specifics of what it's like to be able to understand where the kingdom of heaven is. Okay. Well, we'll do that right after the prayer. Would you pray for us? Yes, let's do that. Lord, thank you for the kingdom you brought down to us from heaven to earth. May we follow the Prince of Peace as he leads us uh, to your peace. For we pray in the name of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Amen.
So next week we continue on in Matthew's Gospel, and the very next chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel includes the Beatitudes. Uh, and we're going to take a look at a hymn that is based upon the Beatitudes called Blessed Are They the Poor in Spirit. And so we're going to take a look at those Beatitudes and understand how they really describe what it's like that Jesus takes over the world in a fashion that is very unlike uh, the, the nations and the kings and the powerful people of the world, which is why he came to the land of darkness. This hymn, incidentally, is written by a Catholic writer, David Haas, and we'll talk a little bit about that, too. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for being on the program. Hey, you're very welcome, and it's a great honor to be one of your guests during uh, during the week. And we look forward to doing it again next week. Sounds good. We are the messenger of good news. We're worldwide at KFUO.org. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And remember, we do have our own app for the Droid and uh, the Apple phones, the iPhones. So go to your app store and download the KFUO app for free.